Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back. Uh, Droid Life Show, episode 77 tonight, or today, this afternoon. It's lovely Friday, sun shining in Portland. I'm your host, Kellen. With me, Tim. Say hi, Tim. Hey, guys. How's it going? Tim here. Uh, so thanks for joining us. Uh, we're going to talk through actually quite a bit of stuff today. Uh, we've got all sorts of new HTC stuff, maybe a real look at the uh, new M9 and an update on their uh, Lollipop updates for M8 and M7, new LG G4 rumors, Galaxy S6 rumors everywhere, uh, new information on Google's wireless or Google Wireless or Google's prepaid service or whatever that sort of uh, came out at the end of last week. Uh, big stuff with Google Now, Nexus 6's dimple that was maybe going to have a special feature, new Fiber Cities. There, there's actually a lot of stuff going on this week. Uh, so we'll just kind of whip through it and uh, get you guys out of here so you can go drink beer or something. I know we're probably going to do that. So uh, let's let's start first, though. This is kind of breaking news. Uh, HTC, uh, for those who, who aren't familiar, um, they basically gave themselves a 90-day... Uh, period to get Lollipop out to M8 and M7, basically all variants in the U.S. Uh, it's part of their HTC Advantage program. So 90 days is like February, like the first week of February, I think, is, is when their 90-day uh, period ended. They announced today that they're not going to hit that for all variants, which is not that surprising because we haven't seen any of the carrier variants basically get the update, right? So developer edition and unlocked editions both got it. Um, already, and so did the Google Play edition, the carrier versions. Uh, basically, they said that uh, when Google first pushed code, uh, it was super buggy, and Google had to fix a bunch of bugs, and they've tried to fix a bunch of bugs. And, you know, we've seen that with updates to 5.0.1 and 5.0.2. And so because of those bug fixes that needed to be taken care of and all that stuff, and then with carriers uh, testing software, we all know how long that takes. The carrier versions are not going to make it in that 90-day window. So I imagine it'll still be fairly soon, maybe in another month. Kind of seems like a long time. We've had 90 days. So, uh, yeah, poor HTC. It's, uh, yeah, anyways, you're, you're, you'll get an update. It's just not going to be within the next week. It might be a little bit later. Um, Very unsurprising news, I must say. Yeah. We saw no leaks. I mean, we saw nothing. And 90 days is pretty quick, especially for a uh, buggy OS like Lollipop. That was a lot of a lot of stuff they had to fix. And if they're going to throw, yeah. you know, their send stuff on top, ah, breaking. Yeah, and so you know, we were talking right before we came on the air that, like, Motorola, it, it, they're the fastest typically, uh, at least they have in the last couple of years, and they only have a couple of phones with the update. So, it's, you know, you have to give AGC a little bit of a break. Clearly no one's really pushing... I mean, the G3, didn't they say, didn't LG say before the end of the year or something like that? They thought December. they were going to be super fast. Yeah, that never happened. Clearly, Lollipop was, it had some serious issues. And so those issues have hopefully been fixed, and now everyone's starting to sort of hammer that out. But yeah, like the Moto X Pure Edition has it. The Moto G has it. But like all the OG Moto Xs don't and all that stuff. So it's not just HTC that's slow. Everyone is going to be slow this time around. So. It only hurts because HTC promised 90 days. <laughs> so. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, that's why it makes headlines, right? When you make a promise and then you can't deliver, then you just kind of set yourself up for that. Uh, they could have. They could have pushed it, but, uh, you know, you don't want to push out some buggy, you know, non-working piece, um, yeah. and the people are just complaining the whole time. So I'm glad that they're, they're holding off, wait for it to be right, fix the bugs, and then let people enjoy Lollipop. 
Yeah, I, I'm with you. I'd rather they fix the bugs rather than push it out and then have everyone complain about it being buggy. So, yep. yeah. All right, so uh, sticking with HTC, though, uh, the M9 or Hima, 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 whatever we're calling it, uh, we, we think we maybe actually got a real look at the device. So last week we talked about all these uh, these devices that were, you know, allegedly of, these pictures were allegedly of the, the M9 and whether or not they were real and they kind of looked like they might have had a case on them and it was sort of tough to tell. It obviously just looked a lot like the M8. Uh, so Ev Leaks, uh, Evan Blass came out, not really out of retirement. He just popped up on Twitter the other day and posted a picture and said, like, old habits die hard or something like that. And it was a picture of all of the last few HTC flagships in a row that he's leaked before anyone, basically, with a picture of two devices that are probably more than likely the new HTC One devices. So there is a smaller version and a large version. Uh, So basically it's like small M9 and then M9 Plus or Hima Ultra, I think we've seen it referred to, or M9 Ultra, whatever. None of these names are official, right? Uh, and it doesn't look at all like the prototype that, or the uh, those other pictures we saw, really. It still looks kind of like... Uh, okay, it looks like the iPhone 6 and iPhone 6 Plus, does it not? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Um, it's got a rounded metallic body, which, you know, the, the one had the last couple of years. Uh, the uh, boom sound speakers tucked into the top and bottom edges, so they're not the big speaker grills we've had the last year or so. So they've kind of hidden those a little more Nexus 9-ish. Centered front camera that looks like that Desire Eye kind of an edge-to-edge display. And on the smaller version, no HTC black bar, which Huge. is like, hallelujah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, we see that it does have these separated volume up and down buttons like we saw on the one that we, you know, we thought was fake from the beginning. Yeah. Not fake, but at least kind of covered up. Yeah. And uh, power button on the side, not on top. I mean, this this is like a running list of everything you wanted. It, so if this phone, is. yeah, if this phone is not in your top five for 2015, I quit. <laughs> so. Yeah, we... I mean, the only thing that I need to see now, right, is if there's some sort of different coating on the thing so that it's not slippery. I mean, there probably will be. It's probably still going to be slippery, but I can maybe deal with that. Yeah, like the black bar is gone, so if the rumors are right and it's still a 5-inch 1080p display, but that black bar is gone and those booms out big speakers have kind of been tucked in, this thing could be perfect size in hand. It'll be shrunken down. It, It could be awesome. That's money. Yeah, and so it obviously still has that premium build and then... Well, it should have a real camera on the back and, like, the ultimate selfie camera, which I don't take, so I don't care about that, but it looks pretty hot. Also, those those other pictures that were could be this device in a shell or something to hide it, if it was small enough to fit into those, this thing could be crazy thin, too. Uh, very exciting. I'm really excited about this phone, actually. Much more excited now, now that we've seen this. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. Uh, and then next to the, the smaller M9, which will be the normal flagship, we have this big phone, which is like the iPhone 6 Plus or the Hima M9 Plus. Max. Max Ultra, yeah. And uh, it looks the same, basically, in terms of style, except it does have an HTC black bar because it looks like they put a giant fingerprint <laughs> sensor on there. 
I just I don't believe this. <laughs> this is the one thing about this whole image I don't believe. I mean, it just looks photoshopped from a Note 4 or something like that. <laughs> it looks really bad. So there there have been another there was another set of pictures out like a week or so ago um, on like Weibo or something that was of this Haima Ultra, which everyone said was going to be the bigger version, and it had that same janky looking fingerprint sensor button thing. Uh, it looks terrible. So <laughs> it, you're right. It looks like a Note 4 button photoshopped onto an HTC device. Except HTC doesn't do buttons down there. So why just a fingerprint sensor? Like I know they on the previous, like the One Max, they had the, that terrible fingerprint swipe thing on the back. Oh, that was bad. Yeah, that was really bad. But is down there any better if it's going to look this bad? <laughs> no, I can't. I can't say no or yes. It looks pretty bad. It looks pretty bad. Uh, from what I can tell, fingerprint scanners on Android phones are completely useless, considering we don't have uh, access to the same technology that Apple has. Can, they bought, you know, the good technology, patented it, and don't, they don't let anyone else use no. it. So even though someone stated, you know, just because HGC paid um, or is paying to kind of sometimes copy Apple's design elements or at least kind of take... Uh, how would how do you put this? Uh, they have like an artistic kind of uh, ability to use Apple's designs, but they I don't think Apple would give them access to any type of technology that no. they use. Uh -oh. So don't expect this to be a cool fingerprint scanner. If you still have to swipe it, and it's just no good. I mean, it's yeah, not. Uh... It's 2015 now. You know, I used to say, oh, it's 2014. We're in the future, but now it's really 2015. And yeah. swiping to unlock your phone is not cool. So I've been using a Note 4 for the past like few days, and its fingerprint sensor is way better than the Galaxy S5, so we'll say that. So oh, yeah. at least Samsung's gotten better with it. So who knows, maybe this will be tech that's caught up with Apple's. It's just because it looks like the Note 4's button, it just I'm thinking the same thing. Yeah, it's going to be a swipe rather than just a finger press. So, yeah, I mean, you, you need to be able... You just can't have a partial print. And, you know, the, it, it definitely needs the majority of your print. So that space is just not big enough. The area is not big enough for your the phone to get enough read on the print, and you would have to, to slide. So unfortunately, yeah. I think that you're going to be sliding your finger on this thing. And I think so. I, I guess also I'm wondering why... Why is it that HTC said, all right, we're, well, we're going to have a small and a big flagship, right? You know, like Apple's done or like Samsung does. But why did they say on the big one only, we need a fingerprint scan? Like, why is the big one in need of a fingerprint scanning button thing and the regular one's not? Like, just because it's big, you need a fingerprint thing? Like, they did that on the One Max, right? They randomly threw that thing on the backside. Okay. Dude, who knows? I mean, HTC, man, they sort of do their own thing. They definitely do their own thing. Yeah. Uh, so the big version, I really don't care about it. I know that sounds terrible. I should be open-minded. And look, I've actually, my opinion on big phones has changed a lot in the last year. I know I was, I ripped on big phones in the last year, but the OnePlus One was one of my favorite phones of the year, and it was a big boy. And I'm using the Note 4 right now, and I kind of like it, except it's really slow and janky because of TouchWiz. But otherwise, I like the form factor a little bit more. I didn't hate the Nexus 6, so before you guys all kill me for hating big phones, I don't really hate big phones anymore. While I love smaller phones more. Right, anyways, so back to the original M9, though. This thing looks hot. I'm excited. <laughs> I want this phone. If, it, if it's shrunken down um, and not as tall, 
but still has that display and it's edge to edge like this thing leads us to believe it's going to be awesome as long as the battery's good. And I would think the battery will be the battery life will be great. I'm sure it'll just be okay. Okay. I don't think okay. it's going to be. It'll yeah. be one day just like every stupid phone outside of an iPhone. Exactly. Or a Droid Max or whatever, Turbo or whatever it's called. Right. Don't expect anything crazy. Okay. But I'm still excited. This phone looks nice. It's exciting. I mean, who knows if uh, HTC will even launch it, considering this whole lollipop thing going on. They can't do <laughs> lollipop. Maybe it just won't come. How are they going to do lollipop updates for all these phones that need lollipop and create Sense 7 with lollipop for their new flagship? I don't know. That I don't. Like a I, big task. They must have a lot of employees working overtime. Yeah. I mean, maybe. Do they have that many employees left? I can't tell anymore. I don't know. I don't know either. All right, well, that came out. That was a big deal. Uh, we don't. We haven't really learned anything else. Although there's nothing else really new to learn. Like the leaks or the spe- or the rumors and leaks about specs. Like none of that's changed ever since Up Leaks started doing that. Like a couple months ago, everyone's kind of just said, "Yeah, those are what we're hearing from sources or whatever." This was just the first big change because uh, it's just completely different than those other pictures we saw. So very exciting. Uh, let's see, LG G. Four talk. This came out yesterday afternoon or so, I believe. You want to talk what's going on there? What's up with the G4? G4 talk. Pretty sure that was today. Yeah, no, well, I mean, the news, I think, was like late yesterday afternoon. We're covering it today. Yes, we covered it today. But the latest rumor uh, to hit the web is that the LG G4 will feature a 3K display uh, with a resolution of 1620 by 2880. Um, last year, LG marketed the G3 as having a 2K display. Although a lot of people who are really into pixels would argue that 2K and QHD and all that, Quad HD, these are all different things, but it's just the way LG likes to market it. So 3K, 1620 by 2880. As far as we know, like the only rumored um, size of the display is 5.5 inches, so the same as the G3, but of course all these things could change. Um, Pretty much no other information besides that it's going to have some insane resolution. But, you know, at the same time, uh, I wouldn't say it's necessary, but I applaud LG for, you know, pushing the boundaries of what we think is necessary for a smartphone. I mean, you have to give it to them, right? I mean, that's ins- that's an insane amount of pixels. But, but is that even an area they should be trying to push boundaries on? That's the only thing I'm worried. Like, we went Quad HD last year, which is stupid in and of itself. We didn't need it. It's fine. Look, it's there, and I'm sure everyone's sure. using it. Uh, but like, do we do we need to go past that? I don't I don't know that I understand the point in going past Quad HD. Because you can. I mean, if you can, then why not? You don't want to just stall yourself out and start doing the same old thing. I know that LG does have like a small like battery sector or whatever you know who creates batteries and stuff. Now, if they would put this much energy into battery <laughs> technology, that that would be much more appreciated, I think, by the Android community. Yeah. But in terms of specs and always sort of graduating on to the next big thing, I think LG, you know, it's good. I mean, although the the G3's display was not saturated at all, it was pretty poor in terms of what a display should be, but hey, it had pixels, it produced color, it looked okay, but a lot of people say it wasn't very good. It wasn't very good. Yeah, it was pretty boring. When it came out, it was like, oh, like I wanted to like it, and I talked Mm -hmm. myself into liking it, and like if you look back at it now, it's pretty bad. Yeah. Viewing angles are terrible and things like that. There's no content, 
frankly, there's no content to consume on a 3K smartphone. It, it's ridiculous. Um, just such a dumb area to like put energy in. Yeah, I, I just don't get it. Like, LG is one of the last companies that's still using like pure plastics in all their phones. You know what I mean? Like, Motorola's got a metal frame. Samsung's bought into metal. HTC's all metal. Apple's all metal. And I, not that metal's like the only option, but no. like premium materials, LG, like let's put our money there instead of just making more pixels. <laughs> I think it's just a way to differentiate themselves. I think it's a I think it's a good thing to have like have your differentiating feature be an insane display. I think that's that's cool. And LG, you know LG, they love being like first on the block yeah. with this brand new thing. Every time Samsung announces something, they always have to either one up them or match what they do, curved displays and all this. I don't think the G4 is going to be any different. Um, I can respect HTC for, say, sticking with 1080p and sort of just kind of optimizing whatever experience it is they're going for. I, I think LG is just always forward-looking in terms yeah. of what's next or what's going to be the next big hot topic thing. So 1620 by 2880, I guess that's it. Uh, and you're all just going to have to like it because once LG does it, that means Samsung's going to do it, and game over. Yeah. Sorry. Motorola will probably stick to 1080 unless, you know, yeah. they bring their QHD stuff to smaller phones. Not everyone wants a huge Nexus 6, you know. Let's, let's be, yeah. let's be well, honest. Well, the Turbo has QHD, and it's 5.2, I think, yeah. So they did it smaller. There are smaller QHD panels out there, which is probably what's going to be in the Galaxy S6, right? Around that same size, probably. The Turbo is such a weird phone to me. That's a phone that, uh, right off the start, like I was like, this phone does not need QHD. I mean, they want to kind of emphasize battery life. No one who's going to buy the Turbo would notice the difference between Full HD and QHD. It just doesn't make any sense to me, man. Yeah, that was one of those ones. If they had thrown a 1080p panel in there, the thing would last three week. days. Yeah, instead yeah. of a day and a half. Yeah, very weird. It is weird. But regardless... Uh, so that's really the first big G4 rumor, right? Is right. The first yeah. thing we heard about it was that don't expect it anytime soon, that they were still perfecting it. Now the next thing we got, a week or two later, we got, boom, G4 is going to have some insane display. And that's exciting. I, I really like the G3. Uh, if it would have gotten lollipop and had a better display last year, and I mean better in the sense like, you know, if it was more saturated and, and rich, kind of like the Super AMOLEDs, uh, then it totally would have been my phone of the year. But unfortunately, it was not. Although I do, I do think it's a very sexy phone. So it is it still looks, one of the better looking plastic phones ever made. Yes, plastic phones. Sure, I know you have to throw that in there. But yeah, I think the G4 should be a good phone. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be good. I think. It, like we, we keep talking about this, but this is just one of those years where I think everyone's phone is going to be awesome because it has to be because, well, especially now, Apple oh, just man. reported that quarter that just destroyed the entire world, any corporate company ever. And so they're all going, oh, my God, Apple is going to come right back now and kill us all. So everyone's got to do good stuff. Yep, absolutely. So um, I'm sure LG will. Look, the G3 was this, yeah, like you said, sweet phone, and it pushed a lot of boundaries and did some cool things. So they can only only build off of that, which is exciting. Yeah, G3 had a good camera. Um, we know that the next Samsung phone is going to have a good camera. We hope and pray every day that HTC will have a good camera in their next flagship. All the rumors kind of point to that they will. 20 megapixel shooter, I think. So. Mm-hmm. 
It's an exciting time for Android. You know, we're finally catching. I don't want to say we're finally catching up to the like iPhone hardware status, like in terms of like quality and what and the you know the photos it's producing, but it's getting better. So yeah, for sure. I mean, I would say hardware quality is you know equal with Apple. It's just the damn cameras. If, if right. you can get some people to figure that out, there won't be any uh anything for Apple people to brag about anymore, except their sales figures. Right. Whatever. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. Samsung stuff. So Galaxy S6, there's been some things come out just in the last week about that. So let's catch you up there real quick. Um, let's see. So the first thing is, uh, well, Samsung reported their earnings. Everyone reported earnings this week. LG, by the way, had really good things to say. Samsung, not so much. Uh, Google, okay. Apple obviously killed it. Amazon killed it. Yeah, there was some. It, it was like the week of earnings. Anyways, uh, Samsung though during their uh, during their uh, opening statement said that their new mobile devices will feature new materials, innovative designs, and what else did they say? And differentiated features. So we've already heard rumors that they're going to use maybe glass a little bit more, obviously metal like they've done in the Alpha and Note 4 and some of those A3 and A5 devices. So we'll get metal, but maybe glass. So they kind of admitted to, yes, we're going to use new stuff that we haven't used before. So this might be like the death of plastic completely for Samsung, which would be awesome because, like I said, I've been using this Note 4 and like I pulled the back piece off and it was like, oh, this thing is gross. Like, it has this really pretty, like, metal frame, and then you pull the back off, and you're like, oh, it's still Samsung. You can, like, fold it in half. Uh, So, yeah, innovative designs. So maybe the design language will change. You know, we saw, so Spigen, the case maker, every time there's a new device on the horizon, they obviously know some sort of specs about it, so they create cases for them. And then they post them up way early to their Amazon pages, which is, <laughs> I can't believe they get away with it and that no one sued them. Um, so they did it this week with the Galaxy S6, and they showed a device that really just looks like a Galaxy S5. So I, I just I think it's probably because they don't really know what it's going to look like. They just maybe know what the back will be sort of setup-wise, camera-wise. But um, So new innovative designs. It's got to be something, right? They can't just put out another device that looks like the Galaxy S5. It'll just fail again, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, we're going to see chamfered edges. I mean, that's that's that's, that's a given. But, like, when someone says innovative designs, like, like, where do you innovate now with design? Like, HTC, a couple years ago, when they went all metal, like, that's, like, a big change, right? Like, it's, like, an innovative design that the boom sound, dual speakers that everyone's copying. So, like, where does Samsung go to, like, create innovative designs? More curves, more curve displays. I don't know. I just, See, I hope that's not it. Like, I hope that doesn't mean that we're going to get, like, a dual-edged Galaxy S6. Like, I don't want that. I don't want edges that I can play with. That's not innovative to me. That's pretty. In, in, I mean, by definition, it's pretty innovative. I, I, I don't guess, know. I guess you're right. It yeah. Is, technically, I have a feeling that's going to be it, though. What more could you do with a smartphone? Like just a display that's know. wrapped in plastic or metal. I mean, yeah. unless it's see-through, unless it's some Tony Stark stuff. I don't know what they could possibly really do to well, let's bring truly out the Tony innovate. Stark stuff. Yeah, we saw it at CES. We saw we Tony Stark's phone, and it was really just a piece of glass. But <laughs> uh, well, you know, like the G Flex Two and its curve, like and its plastic display, like that's actually kind of innovative. You know, that's got 
some uses, I think. But like, not really. I mean, you, you could say the <laughs> Galaxy Nexus was innovative then. Like Samsung's been doing that since the start. Sure, the, the actual display was not curved, but uh, yeah, the G Flex Two looks pretty awesome. Still need to get our hands on that. But uh, Again, yeah, yeah, it launches today in Korea. Right Fly now. me over. I'm going. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so yeah, innovative design. We'll see what that means to Samsung. Differentiated features. So another report this week said that uh, they might decouple their bloat from uh, TouchWiz. So that could mean a bunch of different things. There's so much bloat, like who knows what that means. But um, that would be awesome if they really toned down TouchWiz. And they, I think you wrote this up. Did they say they basically was like they're gonna? It's gonna be downloadable content or something like that to add to your Galaxy S6. Yeah, absolutely. So most of the Samsung apps that we think about, um, S Voice, S Translator, uh, My Magazine, UX, or whatever the heck they're calling all that stuff, completely wiped out. Op- optimize the system. There are some things that will stay in, such as like flagship features, uh, like S Health and things like that. Things that uh, are kind of built into the system. Um, for the heart rate monitor, you know, if that sticks around. So that stuff will stay there, but everything else, um, like additional functions for the camera, that should all just be downloadable either from Samsung's App Store or Google Play. I don't know how they're going to do that exactly. Probably through their terrible App Store. Absolutely. (laughs) And so you'll need to have an account on that with a credit card info and everything. So, yeah, it's pretty terrible. But uh, I've always said it from the beginning, like TouchWiz needs to just be wiped out and kind of rebuilt up. Yeah. That's cool that they want to do TouchWiz, that's fine. That's probably never going to go away. But, right. um, you know, the reports are saying that they're going to bring it to Nexus-like levels in terms of... I don't of believe that for a second. Yeah. Nexus-like levels would mean no blow at all. <laughs> right. That would mean, like, we're going Motorola's route, where we're going to serve you up stock Android and then add stuff on, and there's no way. Like, Samsung no still, at some point, is just going to try to ditch Android. So there's no way that they're going to go back to stock Android. That's just not going to happen. Absolutely. I'm The more they make... Uh, Android look like Tizen, then the less people will freak out when they actually right. just move straight to Tizen right. and there is no more Android. Exactly. Um, yeah. So that's probably their plan because they 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 won't need. Look at how, look at them building up their services. They don't even need Google anymore. They offer everything that Google offers. They do. So it's it's kind of scary considering that Samsung is such a huge partner in terms of delivering Android to the the world mm-hmm. and that's they're a huge platform for delivery and once they leave oh it's going to be up to HTC and LG oh, wow. and these guys and Motorola that's kind of scary yeah yeah very scary so we'll see um Samsung's done a lot of cool stuff with Android like kind of you know bringing a lot of cool camera features yeah. and and function multi window a lot of cool stuff that they've done a lot of innovations but at the same time, uh, I'm glad to see that they're cutting it down a little bit. There's a lot of stuff that they add in that just frankly isn't necessary. Yeah. I think we all would, would accept a de-bloated, toned-down TouchWiz. We've been asking for it for years, and we've never gotten it, but it would be nice if we did this time around. Absolutely. I mean, Samsung, more than anyone, has to completely do something different, right? Like, they're, they're, they had a terrible year. Their, sh- their shipments are down so much. Like on basically, paper. Apple overtook them in the last quarter for top smartphone maker in the world. Yeah, on paper they are failing, so it's probably a good idea that uh, they fired their lead designer or whatever, brought in some new guys, fresh blood, and uh, start from scratch. There's they hired the new that. guy that's not related to Joni Ive, but is related to Joni Ive, depending on which blog you read. <laughs> 
Absolutely. <laughs> that was sort of embarrassing. That was an embarrassing day, actually, for media. But yeah, uh, that's all right. It was uh, a slow day. <laughs> it was, yeah, slow day. Uh, slow day, guys. Uh, so the other, well, it's not even like a rumor now. So there was there was talk for weeks or months, really, about Samsung complaining about the Snapdragon 810 overheating and that Samsung may not use it. And Qualcomm said forever. Well, they never really said that there wasn't overheating issues. They just kept saying, we're still on schedule. We have plenty of partners on board. We don't know what the hell these people are talking about or whatever they wanted to say. Uh, and so... Last, I think it was last week, actually, was the report that Samsung was ditching the Snapdragon 810 and just going with their own because of all these issues. You know, Qualcomm's like, whatever. And LG came out and said, we're using it, and it's fine, and HTC's probably going to use it. And then Qualcomm released their earnings, and uh, sure enough, there was a little statement in there that said, let me get the uh, full quote if I have it here. No, I don't have the full quote. But anyways, it said... Uh, they had to adjust their second half 2015 outlook because a large customer's flagship device would not use the Snapdragon 810. Uh, it's Samsung they're talking about. I mean, they didn't say Samsung. Who else would... Who else, like That's such a big customer that it would actually cause them to have to adjust their outlook. Like This isn't HTC, which, yes, would maybe be a little adjustment, this is like a major adjustment. So they're talking about Samsung. So the Snap, so the Galaxy S6 is not going to use the Snapdragon 810, and that's that sucks for, for Qualcomm. I don't know if that sucks for you and I, but no. it sucks for Santa, for Qualcomm. For Qualcomm, yeah. I mean, you're talking millions upon millions of units probably lost oh, in, yeah. in profit revenue. Um, so there's going to be a little displacement there probably. <laughs> Some stockpiling of uh, some silicon that they need to, you know, offload onto other customers. They they're probably praying that LG and HTC and Motorola kind of come through and start making some awesome phones. But uh, we'll see. It's not. I mean, yeah, Qualcomm's so big. You know, I feel, uh, they they have like a monopoly essentially on the smartphone processor market. It's nice oh, yeah. that Samsung's like, you know, screw this. Our in-house octa-core processor is totally righteous. We're going to put it in the S6, and it's going to be cool. As yeah. long as it can connect to LTE here in the U.S. just fine, then yeah. I well, see the, no problem. The Note 3 use theirs, right, using Exynos. So we should be fine. Uh, I mean, like, yeah, that, when, when I first read this, I was writing it up. I was like, oh, no, that's terrible news. But it's really only terrible for Qualcomm. Like, I think... I would imagine Samsung's new chip is going to be just fine for all of us, gaming-wise, performance-wise. I mean, it, it's going to be powerful enough, probably efficient enough. It'll probably be just fine. But yeah. like you said, hopefully their LTE they've got that whole handoff, all that sort of working together well, because that's where Qualcomm specializes, right, is in their LTE radios and stuff. So. Yeah, the only problem uh, end users will face is if they want to um, root custom ROM and all that fun stuff where Qualcomm, you know, their silicon's been pretty workable, but apparently the uh, Exynos is not so friendly to developers and developing on, so... That's true, I didn't think about that. Yeah, I guess we'll see what kind of happens there. I mean, aren't custom ROMs dead anyway? Like, I guess <laughs> we're, we're the last ones to the party, like, we were, I felt like we were the, some of the first ones to kind of join the custom ROM development group and sort of, like, help grow that. But now we're like so old and so behind where I think we're just so old and we're old and 
crotchety. We don't have time. We don't have time for custom prompts. Just feel old saying that. Why should I have to flash a custom kernel like just to overclock my ish? Like it's stupid. <laughs> yeah, it's for tinkerers, and I just right. personally I just don't have time to do it anymore, which is probably why. If I did, I would still. It's probably still fun. Like there's still probably well, some really cool stuff. I just I just personally don't have time to like flash stuff on all the new phones we get. So tinkering is great, and I. I applaud all those folks that still do it. I just I ain't got no time for that. Yeah. So that's actually so that's that's pretty big news that Qualcomm's not in there. Uh, obviously, Qualcomm's not going to like fail as a company just because of that. They're still huge. Uh, but like you said, it brings you know Samsung's uh, chips into play. So we'll see that. Um, like I think MediaTek's really starting to make a big push, especially in like the low and mid range. Uh, so it's you know it's not a bad thing. Uh, obviously, NVIDIA's given up, basically, on mobile. Uh, yes, they're focusing on cars now. Yeah, Qualcomm has no competition in the space, essentially, here in the U.S. I'm sure in China and Asian markets, European, probably they have a bit of a, a competition. But here in the U.S., dude, I mean, it's really only Qualcomm. NVIDIA tried, and they almost got it with the Tegra 3 um, being partnered with Google and the Nexus stuff, but... Uh, they failed. They failed hard when it came yeah. to the LTE radio integration. So, <laughs> think about um, Nvidia. So, like the 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 Tegra three, like you said, went in the original Nexus seven, and that was a huge deal. And and the Nexus seven apparently sold like, a lot. Like Google mm-hmm. sold a lot of them. And then yeah, that chip never went anywhere because it was the year of LTE, and they didn't have an LTE modem ready. And so they couldn't do anything. So it like it basically died with the original Nexus Seven. Like sure, the the Tegra Three was in like the Ouya or something, and a couple other oh yeah, Ouya. devices. Um, but basically it died. And so then this year it, they're back in the next. They're in the Nexus Nine, right? Like that's the K One, and it will never see the K One again. Like it's in the Nexus Nine, and Google was like, yeah, the first sixty four bit chip. Like that's how we push the Nexus thing and whatever. Like you're never gonna see the K1 ever again in another device. It, like it might be in some like random like Chinese knockoff tablet that somebody bought or the next Ouya or something. But like it might it's just power. Weird, just weird to think. Exactly. I feel like it's a special chip for special projects. Like uh, future yeah. in, uh, iterations of Project Tango will probably use it because Project Tango now is running the uh, uh, Tegra 4. So mm-hmm. anything that takes like a lot of com- uh, yeah. Processing power, sure, Nvidia's chip can handle it, but it, when it comes to these end users, uh, it's just not yeah. what they need apparently. Can I just say though, not to just completely hate on Nvidia, but the the Nexus Don't Nine is like the slowest, worst running tablet I own. It's yeah. terrible. It is so laggy, and like I even turned off encryption because I was blaming that. <laughs> That's not the problem. Like I hit home and it just doesn't go home for like three seconds. I factory reset it. I've done everything. It's it's a it's a performance problem. Anyways, another another story for another day. So that's the Samsung latest stuff. Uh, I'll be excited to see what Samsung's doing, just because yeah, like we keep saying, they have to do something crazy because they've had such a terrible year that it's time for big changes. And changes are good. Uh, let's see, Google. So Google's prepaid or Google's wireless, or I keep calling it prepaid, and no one's actually said the words prepaid. But what else is it going to be? Right, it's going to be a prepaid service. Uh, so Google's wireless service, we talked about on last week's show, and then over the weekend got some additional um, word that it could be cooler than we thought. Like last week, remember we talked about there's got to be there's got to be like a, a real feature 
that would get you to jump on it. Like it can't just be straight talk and just be cheap. Like there's got to be something cool. And and we were wondering how they were going to work a T-Mobile Sprint sort of connectivity thing. Uh, but according to the Wall Street Journal, they think they have technology worked out that will allow you to jump between networks or Wi-Fi hotspots. Uh, well, it'll do it automatically for you, basically decide the best connection for you uh, wherever you are. So if there's a Wi-Fi hotspot you can hop on for free, it will jump onto that. If Sprint's network's better here, it'll jump on that. If T-Mobile's network's better over there, it'll jump on that. So it'll switch between them, which is crazy to think because that's CDMA, GSM, LTE, it's and Wi-Fi. And so that's actually kind of... I don't want to call everything game-changing that's a big deal. That's kind of game-changing. I mean, like, if you... And, and granted, this is Sprint and T-Mobile, obviously not the best networks, even combined, still probably not better than Verizon's network in terms of reach and all of that. Oh, but wow. <laughs> that's, that's actually kind of cool to think, like, you could sign up for service and, like, say at work you have good, good Sprint service, but at home you have terrible Sprint service with good T-Mobile service. Like, you, that's cool. You don't now have to pick a carrier. You can pick Google's wireless, which picks carriers for you. That's kind of awesome. It's innovative uh, in, in terms of wireless networks. I think it's really exciting. Um, but again, like you said, even if you combine all of the Wi-Fi hotspots in the world, um, add that to Sprint's coverage and Timo's coverage, still probably doesn't touch you know, AT&T's or Verizon's or something. So you know, it's like you pay. So it's like kind of like Verizon. You know, They can charge really whatever they want because people need to have the assurance that wherever they are, they'll have service in times of an emergency or wherever their work may take them. And that's what people pay for. They pay for you know, the, the knowledge that wherever they go, they're covered. Um, with Google Wireless, it sounds like a really cool idea. And sure, if you don't travel much or yeah, like you and I, we're at home a lot. So yeah, we can be on a Wi-Fi hotspot all day long and get our calls and stuff. But uh, I guess we'll have to wait. At least I'll have to wait for kind of more info if I'm really going to make the switch. Because right now I'm on AT&T and I'm quite happy. Um, not happy with my $60 a month bill, but um, at least I know wherever I go I'm on LTE and I can up, like I can send out a tweet or upload a picture to Instagram or whatever. But I know I can't do that on Sprint, <laughs> which is kind of ridiculous. Yeah. So yeah, we'll see. But it sounds awesome. Like you know, in theory, it's totally legit, and that's definitely the way you wish everything would work. You know, like why can't all carriers just be happy together, and we live in a perfect world? All work together. Yeah. yeah. Like inside, I'm on a 700 band with LTE on Verizon, but outside, I've got AT&T, and everything's cool. But unfortunately, it's just not the way the world works. Money is what makes the world go round, and yeah. Google could do it. If any company could do it, yeah. yes, Google. They got the algorithms. Well, sure. and, that, and that's the thing. Like, I, I, I would tend to believe this report and that that's what they're going to try to do just because they're not going to get into wireless service just to sell the just same Just to lose old, money. Yeah, no. just to sell the same old service at like a cheaper deal. Like that's, that's not what they're into. They'll get into it and try to change things. And this is a way, you know, it's like with fiber, right? They created fiber to go into markets to hopefully get everyone to upgrade their networks and push that whole industry. And so if they get into wireless service, they would do something like this where they're, they're going to say, come sign up with us and who cares what carrier? It doesn't matter because if you're with our service, you're just going to connect to whatever's best anyway. And it's going to do it automatically. 
and our Nexus devices all can do that because they support all bands everywhere. And so they could do it and then like they don't even have to tell you that you're on T-Mobile or Sprint. They don't even have to say that. All they have to say is Google Wireless Service, it does it connects to the best network available all the time. And then you have to say like Sprint or T-Mobile, which you know would kind of bring down maybe the the, the name a little bit. They don't even have to say that. All they say is for 35 bucks a month, you get unlimited data and you never have to worry about it because we're going to find you the best signal. That's actually a pretty big deal. So I would say. I'd go for that. that. Just yeah. don't, don't, don't mention Sprint or Timo and you got right. me signed up. Right. Yeah. And I think that's probably what they'll do, which is which could be really cool. And so we'll see when it launches. But Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, much like Fiber. I'm definitely just trying to change the game. I mean, even the people... What's so great to me about Fiber is that not only the people who can afford like $100 plus a month to have the gig up, gig down um, internet service, but people who don't want to pay, they, they get free access to internet. If Fiber is in their neighborhood, all they have to do is pay for, I think, installation. But then they get free internet. Um, sure, it's, it's throttled like to hell, but uh, it's great. Like a, a family who doesn't have access to the internet, every family deserves access to the internet. Uh, it's just the world we live in. So I think, yeah, Google is still one of those companies that just wants to make the world a better place, and especially, like, the industry that they are kind of leading right now. So if uh, if wireless is the next step they want to take and start changing that industry, which is totally an awful industry, no doubt, with Verizon and all these old guys in suits who sit around the big table smoking cigars and, you know, <laughs> drinking their old whiskey and whatnot, like, ugh, you kind of you want to shake it up a bit. Although they need to take John Leisure and kind of make him like CEO of Google Wireless, I'd be happy about that. That would be kind of fun, actually. I mean, yeah. John Ledger annoys me a lot. Just because oh, yeah, absolutely, he's, he's, an, he's an annoying guy. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you gotta respect what he's doing. Yeah, for sure, he's definitely trying to change some things, which is which I appreciate. Uh, Love it. Yeah. So Google Wireless, we we obviously don't know, but it could be this year. Everyone keeps saying this year. We don't know if that means first half of the year, end of the year with the next Nexus phone. It seems like one of those things they could launch like with the next Nexus phone, you know, give it a big push. That'd be insane. Yeah. The cool thing is, like I mentioned, the Nexus 6 supports everything. So like if you own a Nexus 6, it's ready for this this like Google wireless service. Like all you need is a Google wireless SIM, toss it in and you could just start connecting to everything because it has support. The Nexus 5 is the same. It works on Sprint and T-Mobile. So that phone too. Like if you could still buy it, I know you can kind of still buy it, but that's a cheap phone that you could get and put on Google's wireless and just connect to whatever all the time and have an awesome experience. Potentially. Allegedly. Reportedly. Reportedly. (laughs) So... Uh, but speaking of Google and Fiber, brought that up. So Fiber this week, big announcement, coming to four new cities, Atlanta, Charlotte, the Raleigh-Durham era, Durham area, and Nashville. And that's actually, that makes up, let's see, how did they say it? It's four new markets, which is 18 cities. So that means all the uh, cities that make up Charlotte, Raleigh, Nashville. Uh, that's kind of cool. Uh, these were four of the... I believe nine they announced last year that said these are the nine areas or markets we're targeting. And so uh, they're all obviously in a little pocket down there in the southeast corner of the U.S., but shows the fiber's still coming. And uh, I, they didn't say, you know, like, we're going live and you can buy the service tomorrow. Mm-hmm. They just said, these are the four we're definitely doing. Now we're meeting with people and we'll get, you know, everything going. We'll design the network and start building. 
I, I, it could be a year. They said it could take a few months before construction begins. And then I, I like I can't remember how long the construction process took in Kansas City, but uh, I would imagine it's going to be a while. Like it could be a year for all we know before oh. even some areas have it. So probably probably even longer. I mean, probably it's been announced for Portland, the Portland area, like Beaverton, Hillsboro, where I am, where I am for I feel like a year plus now or so, but I haven't seen anything. No. So and they, they keep like listing jobs um, for network testers and engineers and all this stuff, but I haven't seen a Google Fiber like out my my whole neighborhood is. Well, not, I mean, you know, Portland and the in our outlining areas, they're not like officially for go yet. They're still in right. the pre everything stage. These new ones are like officially go. Like let's start building. So I guess we'll find out. Hopefully, we'll get there soon. But just taking so long. It is. I know we want it now. Yeah. Uh, but I think Google Fiber works sort of differently than... Like, when they pick a city, they don't just go everywhere. Like, they target neighborhoods where people show a lot of interest. So if you live in Atlanta or Nashville or Charlotte or Raleigh-Durham, you, you should go on, like, Fiber's site and talk to local leaders and tell them, like, my neighborhood needs it and, like, rally all of your neighbors together and tell them you need it because I think that might help. Like, I think what they're going to do is find out which areas people will actually buy it and need it and use it, and then they'll go there. So if you Fiber those, Yeah, yeah, Fiberheads. I like that. So, if, yeah, if you live in an area and you want it, I would go make your, uh, make your voice heard for sure. Yep. Talk to your uh, city council... Anything you can do to help. Anything you can do. Uh, so still on Google, Google had a pretty big announcement today involving Google Now. Uh, they announced that they've been working with uh, at least 30 different developers uh, to add third-party integration to Google Now, which is a big deal. So previously, obviously, Google Now worked with Google services like Gmail and Maps and, and your calendar and things like that to bring in you know, weather and appointments and navigation and all of that stuff, and Google searches you had done, which is cool. Um, but with third-party uh, developers now partnering with that, you get, like, tw well, Twitter's not one, but, like, Hootsuite is. And so you could have, like, specific tweets show up as cards. You could have your shopping list show up as cards. You could have Lyft show up as a card in Google Now to tell you as you land at the airport, like, let's get a car ready. Uh, TripAdvisor's on there. There's all sorts of uh, actually pretty cool apps that are now working with Google Now. So I don't believe they announced anything about an API being open for everyone to start taking advantage. It sounds like Google's being pretty particular and they want to do this slow and do it right. Uh, but like eBay's one. So if you were bidding on something, you can now have a card show up uh, that says like, you know, your auction's about to end which is kind of cool. Pandora's on there, so you get a card that says, like, here, let's listen to this music on your commute. Uh, Kayak.com, Waze, Runtastic, all of those are on there. So that's pretty powerful stuff. I mean, as long as it doesn't make your Google Now spammy and filled with app crap that you don't want in there, you know, we'll have to see, like, are they going to give you a bunch of controls, or is it, like, every time I bid on something on eBay, like, I'm going to get a card. Like, I don't want everything in there, just some stuff. So hopefully they give you some sort of control. But, And we'll see. It's not really out. They just said, make sure yeah. you have the newest Google search or Google app they're calling it now. Uh, make sure you have the newest, and then these things will start happening. So I want it. Sounds legit. Yeah. I definitely would, would be able to use some of this stuff for sure. So very cool. Um, let's see. 
Oh, so this was kind of a random fun story. But the next six, uh, so we could even go way back. So two years ago when the new when the original Moto X came out and it had that dimple in the back, uh, there was reports that that, that dimple was going to be something from a fingerprint scanner to a swipeable area um, that, add, that added gestures into your phone to a button. There was all these reports that that dimple was going to be something. And then we got the Moto X, and the dimple wasn't anything. It was just a dimple, which we all liked because you could put your finger there and hold your phone, and it was cool. And it had the little Moto logo and whatever. Uh, and then this year's Moto X came out, and it looks like a button. Like it's an actual separate piece that looks like it was a button that it was supposed to be used for something, and then it's not. It's nothing. And then the Nexus 6 came out, and it went sort of reverted back to the original Moto X's dimple, where it's just a little dimple. It's part of the shell, little Moto logo, but still doesn't do anything. Uh, and so Dennis Woodside, now former Moto CEO, uh, told the Telegraph in the UK that. The actual story there is that, yes, indeed, that was supposed to be, at least he, he said on the Nexus 6, I would imagine he meant on the Moto Xs too, but he didn't say those. But he said that was actually supposed to be a fingerprint scanner. And uh, he said they were going to use, or they had been in talks to use Authentech, which was the top dog of fingerprint scanning technology, sensing technology. They were going to use them for that, and then Apple bought them. And so... Since Apple bought them, and you kind of mentioned this earlier, that Apple's not going to let anyone else use their technology, uh, that then Motorola was like, well, what are we going to do now? The next, the second best guy is nowhere close to being that good, and they're not good at all. And it's probably what Samsung used in the Galaxy S5, and so they said no. And uh, so, yeah, your next six and your Moto X, no fingerprint scanner, although it would have had a really nice one because the fingerprint sensor in the uh, iPhone 6 is actually awesome, so... Funny little random story there. Uh, you want to talk about Microsoft and Cyanogen getting in bed together, reportedly? Yeah, reportedly, allegedly getting into bed together. Yeah, yeah so what's, go what's going on there with Microsoft and Cyanogen? It's weird to see them in a headline together. Yeah, absolutely. Well, from uh, what the report states is that Microsoft was in on the last round of funding that Cyanogen received um, the round was for about $70 million, but Microsoft was only a min minority share kind of that, but they did contribute, apparently, to the investment. So, and what, what the play is, apparently, is that Cyanogen Inc. CEO, um, he has been saying for quite a while that he kind of, I think he kind of despises Google and how they kind of treat Android. Android started as this huge, like, kind of open source project, but now, of course, Google has somewhat, you know, and I think it's a good thing, um, right. a hold on the Android OS. You know, they give it to the OEMs for free, although they do expect a few things, um, such as Google Search to be the default engine um, in order for the OEMs to have access to Google Play, Google Play services, things of that nature, basically to keep it within Google's own ecosystem. Now what Cyanogen wants to do is pretty much decouple Android from those ties to Google and allow other um, service providers such as Microsoft to place their own products in as tier one products on an Android running smartphone. So for example, if Microsoft was to team up with Cyanogen, create a phone, and then have their own services such as Bing Search be the search engine, that would be doable. Um, 
why anyone would want a smartphone running Bing as the default engine, I don't know. Maybe, uh, what's his face? He just bought the Clippers. Um, Balmer, <laughs> maybe he would want that phone. Maybe he would. Yeah. Well, iPhones now default with Bing, don't they? That's their problem, not mine, luckily. <laughs> Ask yeah, Ron. Apparently you can change it. I think Ron told me I could change it, and I never did. But I'm sure you could. I'm sure you can change it. I think the one that I was using that um, you had, it, it was default on Google. Maybe you changed it or something, but uh, either no, way. I think, I think it defaults to Bing. Oh, God. If you pull down and use the spotlight search or whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. Defaults yeah, to Bing? It definitely defaults to Bing, yeah. Apparently you can change it, but you know there's like a massive list of settings I don't even know how to navigate oh, on an iPhone. Yeah, so many. But um, oh, so, so yeah, yeah so the again, Microsoft thing. Minority. Weird. Yeah. Absolutely, it's weird. But um, there was other potential partners, say like Yahoo, you know who um, who owns Aviate, and so Aviate. There's certain functions on an Android device that um, third-party applications don't have access to. And so with Cyanogen being able to untie Android from Google, that would allow these other application or software makers to um, uh, access these certain things. Mm-hmm. So, and that's what, that's what they want. So, and Ron is hitting us up right now saying Spotlight defaults to Bing, Safari <laughs> defaults, defaults to Google. So thank you, Ron. That's what it is. All right, Spotlight yeah. is Bing. Ron, can I change it, Ron? Because I I thought you told me I could. I just don't know how. Um, So, yeah, Cyanogen CEO Kurt McMaster, I think he's, like, when they got into it with OnePlus and OnePlus going into India, but they had already had a deal with Micromax, like, he was kind of a dick about it, I think. (laughs) Like, he said, like, some nasty things, I think, to OnePlus. Uh, I, I can't, I've never met the dude. I think he's pretty, like, brash and, like, in your face and we're doing the and, and look he's leading a new company and he, he can do whatever he wants but I get the feeling like the dude's a little wild but it is what it is uh, it, it's just it's still different to see CyanEngine and Microsoft potentially in talks or like you said Yahoo and the, the only thing is like if, if you want to move away from Google and still run Android like you could do that and then I'm not going to care about you because I need Google Play. Like, I want Google services. I don't want to use your crappy third-party, like, email app. And I want Google Play, which is an app store that's legit. You know, like, I don't, I don't use Amazon's app store, and it's huge. Like, they have most apps there. But the, I want Google services. That's what I, I've been using them since long before Android. You know, I have had a Gmail account for I don't even know how long. And that's been my default, you know, email service. I use Google Search for everything. I don't want to use Bing and all these other ones. And I, I use Google Maps because it's the best. And it's not like I'm just in love with Google. Their services are just better than everyone else's for the most part. So w- when these companies talk about we want to we want to take Android away from Google and all that stuff, right? Like, you're dumb. I'm sorry, but like that doesn't make like you should find out another way that you can still work with Google and make your own whatever. And I look, Google's they've pulled it in a little bit, tightened it up a little bit. They're so huge. They it's it's beneficial to them, obviously. Look, it's still their operating system, <laughs> and they're giving it to you for free. That's the problem, though. So every time, that, say there's an open-source OS such as this, everyone who thinks that they've contributed a piece of code or a lick of line 
Um, they think that they are entitled to sort of their piece of the pie, and they, they want it to be this open source kind of place where developers can do whatever they want. Whatever they again, want. Yeah, again, I mean, Google's offering, there is the, the option, I would think, is if you don't want access to Google Play, Google Play oh, yeah. services, which make an Android phone so great, by all means, take it out. Go ahead, do whatever you want. Yeah, and I mean that's, that's what that's what Xiaomi's using. They're just that's what Amazon's. Using. You can use exactly. Amazon, you can use Android 100% for free. You just don't. You have to follow an, you have to sign an agreement with Google and do some things a certain way in order to have Google Play services. Exactly. And if and if and if companies are really having, I guess like I get why you're having some issues with that. If you're another company, you're trying to you know break in and you know and, and especially Cyanogen because they're trying to turn into their own operating system, right? Obviously based off of Android, but like Xiaomi and Amazon, they're their own kind of operating system, if you will. It's just built off of Android. But, like, don't you want Google? <laughs> like, to, like, you become more attractive. Like, the reason no one buys Amazon's Fire Phone, at least Android fans, is because it doesn't have Google services. Like, that's why we don't give a shit about it, right? And so... I guess I don't understand like why you want to move so far just because you're pissed at Google because they want control over their own services. Like, is Google supposed to just go, well, Android's open source, so are Gmail and Google Play. Like, you guys just have at it. All this stuff's free and open source. Like, I just don't think it should work that way. I mean, Google still needs to make money also. I don't know. I, I just, I don't like that approach of take Android away. Whatever. Yeah, it's, yeah it seems pretty... I'd, there's a lot of like mean things I guess I could say about it, like especially the CEO with, when he says things like that doesn't really uh, come off as intelligent to me. But he probably knows a much bigger picture than I. You know, he's he, he's he's on the battlefield. He's probably dealing with Google, dealing with all these companies and all that. I, I can only see it from an outside perspective. And of course, I'm like a total Android fan. I'm a Google fan. Um, I wish everyone could be successful, but. Uh, I like Android because it's integrated perfectly with Google. I think Google's done a great job at kind of allowing OEMs to kind of do what they will with Android and still allow for Google Play services to play a huge role in everything that the phone does. But uh, if they want to try and take Android away, dude, I will fight for Android and I will fight for Google and I will say, no, no, you cannot. Yeah. And look, he's obviously running a new company and they're trying to make lots of money. Right. right, and so he probably sees Google's hold on Google Play services and how that ties into Android as holding them back from probably some opportunities where they could make lots of money. Of and and I, I fully understand that. I guess just me personally and the way I use Android, I want Google services, and and so far, you know, Google's creating or has partnered with the big manufacturers that make phones that are still using Google services that work for me. So I, I guess I don't need in in my life, I don't need someone to take Android from Google and present to me another way of life. Right now, I'm pretty damn happy with the way it's working. So, And maybe that's just closed-minded and stupid on my part, and there's this vast area out there that would be awesome if Android was away from Google or something like that, and I just can't see that yet. I don't know. <laughs> but... Uh, Look, we're going to follow Cyanogen because they're doing things and they're taking in millions and millions and millions of dollars. And they've obviously got some bright minds there that are trying to do some big things. Mm -hmm. uh, they're one of the only people, only one of the companies that we've seen be able to do this. Like they've obviously had some success, or they're, or people think they could potentially have lots of success because people keep throwing money at them. And so that's awesome. And I, I want to see what they think they can do. 
Um, but yeah, that's just look. They're making statements and they're getting their name out there. That's maybe partly what CEOs are supposed to do as well. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Yeah, crazy stuff. All right, what else is going on? Oh, randomly, let's just throw this out there. So there's this phone that was at CES called the Sagus V Squared. And uh, it's kind of been talked about a little bit this week. It got a little bit of play at CES. kind of got lost in the uh, in the craziness there. Um, so it's a U.S.-made company, or the company's in the U.S., U.S.-made phone or designed phone. It's called the Sagus V Squared. And it's essentially a phone that tries to tick, like, every box on the ultimate phone spec list, right? And, and so you could pre-register for it right now, um, and that will get you an opportunity to buy it when it finally comes out for $549. So the phone has a 1080p display. It's 5 inches, edge-to-edge, uh, Gorilla Glass 4, special sunlight viewable screen. Um, it has dual front and back light sensors for an enhanced screen lighting control. I don't know why we need that, but you do, apparently. Uh, it has a 21-megapixel rear camera and a 13-megapixel front camera, both have optical image stabilization, so the, the selfies are stabilized. Uh, it has dual micro SD card slots. <laughs> I'm not making this stuff up. That's um, legit. That's in, <laughs> You wanted innovation. These guys are trying to innovate, and you hate on it. <laughs> <laughs> it's 3 gig of RAM and 64 gig of onboard storage. Uh, Snapdragon 801 processor, which is fine. It's not the newest, but whatever. It's still powerful. Um, it has fractal antenna technology, which they claim, even in the worst conditions, will get you anywhere from a half to a full bar of service. Uh, an IR transmitter. It has 60 gigahertz wireless gaming and mobile beaming. <laughs> I don't know what that means. It has a biometric fingerprint scanner on the side of itself. It has dual Harman Kardon speakers, front-facing, noise-canceling tech, a removable 3,100 milliamp-hour battery, Qi wireless charging, IPX7 waterproofing, and uh, if you buy a developer edition, you can dual boot from the SD card and have root access and all that stuff. I mean, it's... <laughs> when can I buy it? <laughs> well, yeah, so a lot of people are like, oh my god, this sounds like the ultimate phone. And it does like actually sound like a crazy cool phone, but it's from a manufacturer that, you know, we've, I, I think they had a phone like a few years ago. It might have been a feature phone or something. I, I've heard the name before. Like I looked through our inbox and we had some mentions of Sagus like years ago. I don't remember what the hell they were doing then, but uh, it just it comes off kind of like a Kickstarter campaign where they're like pre-register so that you can buy the phone, but like we don't know when you can buy it. Uh, and you know, like how OnePlus did there. Although these guys are not as good, obviously, at doing that sort of teasing trolling thing that OnePlus did. Um, but they're kind of doing it that way where now they're trying to push it. I, you know, I don't know. I'm just skeptical about it, that's all. Like, it's a, it's a really cool concept. For, I don't really like the look of the phone, but, you know, that's just personal preference there. Um, has Kevlar on it. They tried to make it look like old-school muscle cars, which I don't fully see, but, you know, that is what it is. Yeah. And, oh, and it should work everywhere. GSM. CDMA, LTE. They even said in their video that they released that uh, if you, depending on where you are in the world, you need to like tell them and they will like tweak the connectivity to work for you. That sounds like a lot of, that's that like a big undertaking for a company of like four people. Um, 
I, yeah, I don't, I don't really know what to say about it. It's, it's a cool idea. We'll do whatever we can to get a hold of one. I hope it becomes a reality because the price on that for what they're claiming to give you is pretty awesome. I'm just, I'm a skeptic. I just am. Just partly who I am as a person, I think. I don't know. Do you want to sag as V squared? Uh, no, I mean, <laughs> if all you care about is specs on paper, then yeah, this would definitely be the phone for you. But um, Are you I calling mean, it ugly? Did you? Is that you saying that it's really ugly and you would never touch it? Yeah, I don't really care for the look too much. I want to go as far as to call call the dude ugly, but um, I mean, it's just not really my style. No, it's not my. It idea. looks kind of cool, sure. I mean, it's just it's so overwhelming. It seems like on paper, and there's it's no crazy. proof of its existence that um, or that, well, that you know, there's, there's it. proof. Is, yeah, it's just yeah. Who knows when you can actually buy it? I, yeah. I just I have this bad feeling that it's gonna be like mid 2016, and they still haven't shipped. You know. Yeah, it's kind of like a Kickstarter thing. It's like, right. oh yeah, this sounds legit, and I can pre-register, like pre-register. Why not? Why can't I just register to like buy one? Why do I have to pre-register? Why can't I just pre-order? So yeah, so right. So they're doing a pre-registration to see if anyone will actually buy it. See that right there is stupid. Right. Like, I don't like testing the waters. I I don't believe in a company should have to test the waters to see if there's going to be a public reaction to it. You know, right. like. Ugh. And, and that's what they're doing. So you know they're pre they're doing a pre-registration. So you don't need any money. You can just sign up to say that you're interested. So then they can gauge interest, and then they're going to do an actual pre-order. I think where you actually pay money, and then they'll hopefully ship you a phone. I think is how this is supposed to work. <laughs> and that's okay. I just again I'm skeptical. I mean, look, OnePlus. It took them a while to get their stuff going. They still don't. You still can't just like openly buy the OnePlus. I don't think, or maybe you can today, or something. There was like a day they let you, uh, and you know they've been at it for like almost a year. So maybe maybe these guys will do it. Maybe they'll 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 completely shut me up and they'll release this thing in like the next three months, and everyone will love it. And you know I'll admit that I was wrong, but at this point I'm just a little. I'm not, I'm more than a little skeptical, but. Uh, another quick mention, Verizon upgrade and uh, activation fees have been bumped up to $40 in case you missed that. So if you buy a new phone of Verizon on contract, instead of paying, uh, let's see, instead of paying $30 to upgrade with, to a new phone, you have to pay $40 now. If you add a new line or you just go sign up for service there, it's now $40 instead of $35. So Verizon needs a little more money, I guess. Yeah, people seem to be pretty outraged. Again, <laughs> Verizon Verizon can do whatever they want. <laughs> like, isn't this all to be expected? Everyone who's in their uh, godfathered plans, you can expect those to go away soon too, I'm sure. Like, don't get too comfortable with anything. Like, I'm surprised they haven't figured out a loophole to get rid of everyone's unlimited plan. There must just not be very many of us left. Like, they must have actually gotten most people to get out of them. And so, you know, like a lot of people that probably were hanging on eventually wanted a new phone and didn't want to pay $700 or $650 or $600 for a phone, and they finally just said, screw it. I'll take your stupid 6-gigabyte plan. It'll be fine. That's my guess. I bet there's not very many left. Yeah, well, I think the problem was, say, like, I'll take my mom, for example. She's a terrible example because she didn't really know what was going on, but um, in order for her to keep her unlimited plan, you know, she's been with Verizon for, like, 10-plus years, I think, but for in order for her to keep her unlimited plan, she was going to have to pay... 
for full price for a smartphone. That's just something she wasn't willing to do. Right. You know, and a lot of people just can't. Right. So, especially when they take away the option to uh, put a full cell phone price on your bill and pay that off monthly, you know, like <laughs> some of our friends do. Yeah, exactly. So when they take that option away, when you can't finance it anymore, then, yeah, people aren't going to pay 600 right. plus for a new phone. They're going to lose their unlimited. And that was pretty plain and simple. Yep. So, yeah, I'm sorry that all your fees are going up, dude. That's why I got off of Verizon. Like, I just think that they're... They're definitely one of those truly evil companies. <laughs> they, they definitely do so. They definitely do some evil things. Yeah. I, you know what? Like we talked about this the other day that all the stuff they do, people will not leave them because of their damn network. And it's good. It's not that fast anymore. Well, I guess they have XLTE now. Uh, but people won't. They won't leave because the network. Uh, it's 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 funny though. When you look at our comments on posts like that. You know, it's just people going, I left them so long ago. And then the rest of them are like, F you, Verizon. I can't leave you, and I won't, but F you. It's just, I, I feel bad that that the, the choices um, aren't better for everyone. You know, like, I think people would leave Verizon if they could because of the stuff like this, right? The nickel and diming, five bucks here and there. Uh, but they can't leave because the network, and depending on where they live, is the only option. And so that's too bad. Just it just seems like in 2015, we shouldn't have to worry about whose network is better. Like everyone's network should just be awesome everywhere. And we're not there, and we're probably never going to be there, or it could be 20 years before we are. But that's too bad that we're still having those talks about these guys are nickel and diming me, and these guys over here have way better prices, but I don't have their coverage, so I can't do that. That sucks. I think just for everyone in general in the industry, but all right. Well, uh, what else do you want to talk about? You want to talk about some apps? Yeah, real quickly, um, can talk about one quick app that I found this week. It's called Scene. It's much like Instagram, where you take photos, share photos, like photos. Um, except for Scene, it's all about kind of 3D imagery. So what you do, say, when you're taking a picture, you've got your foreground, background, all that good stuff, and then you can kind of swipe, not swipe, but uh, rotate your phone around an object, not even an object, but a scene, and sort of get like a 3D feel, and then while people are viewing the photos on scene, they it renders it in 3D, or it gives it kind of dimensions, and it looks really cool uh, on phones. There's pictures of cats in 3D, pictures of buildings in 3D. It looks really cool. Highly recommend you check it out if looking at photos on your phone is something you enjoy. Like, if you like Instagram, I think you'll really like Scene. Um, there seems to be uh, a lot of Eastern European users, so I'm hoping that a lot of uh, U.S. users will find it and kind of adopt it and start making cool content with it. So, yeah. There, yeah. And there's one... All right, two other things I can talk about Scene. There's a VR setting, so you can go and um, say if you have cardboard or gear VR... Um, you can put your phone in the uh, VR mode, essentially, so it shows two pictures, and then you can view that, and it's all in 3D, and you can look around, and that's really neat. And then the also, there's another one. If you tap three times on a picture, then it, it shows each little pinpoint at which um, there's they're adding depth. And so a lot of, like say, designers and stuff, they make these kind of backwards pictures. I don't really know how to explain it, but it's kind of like a backwards image where if you tap three times, 
words will pop out at you, kind of like one of those 3D pictures where if you look past the image, you can kind of see the hidden image, like mm. those 3D books they had when we were mm. kids. Anyway, Scene, S-E-E-N-E. It's a really cool app. I highly recommend it. Check it out. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't checked it out yet, but we did get a shout-out from Motorola randomly today on, like, every social network. Thanking <laughs> woo, woo. Moto. The app, yeah. Moto money. No money. No, no money exchanged, as far as I know, unless they're paying someone else. Ron, Ron's been getting that cash. Ron's been getting that, yeah. Uh, I just wanted to point out Microsoft's Outlook app. So this week, Microsoft brought Office for tablets out of preview, and so Word, PowerPoint, and Excel are all now standalone apps for Android tablets. And uh, apparently they're good. I, just, I haven't used Microsoft Office in years, um, so... I can't really report back on that. But they also put like an official Outlook, not Outlook.com, like Outlook app in preview on Google Play. And it's actually pretty sweet. It uh it's a uh one inbox sort of approach. You can add a multiple accounts like Gmail or your exchange or Yahoo Mail or Outlook.com or whatever. Any of your email accounts basically you can add to it. Um, and it has it does this thing where it does a focus. I don't understand this at all. But one tab's called focused and one's called other. And basically the focus tab is the email it decides are important for you, and the other is all the garbage email. Uh, it's kind of like how inbox silos things off or or in or priority inboxing basically. in uh, the UI though is really nice. Uh, it's definitely buggy. I had to give up on it already just because it's kind of buggy. Uh, like flipping between those two tabs, there was a delay and it wouldn't show emails properly. So it was kind of buggy. Um, but it has an integrated calendar. So if you use your calendar a lot, you can just swipe out the side panel, jump into a calendar, check on appointments, and if you have free times and add those directly into emails, it's a really cool integration. Uh, and the app looks really great too. So, and then it also has like swipe to archive and delete and swipe to uh, sort of schedule things to come back later. So it's kind of got that mailbox and inbox approach to it as well. It's a uh, very cool app. It's just, it's in preview right now. So just call that a beta basically. And I used it for like half a day. It was just buggy enough that I had to go back to inbox, but I was fully ready to just dive in and use it, which is odd, but. Cool app. So yeah, Outlook's preview now available for everyone to try. Uh, yeah, give it a spin. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Any other apps? I have no apps, but I have an announcement. Uh-oh, announcement. <laughs> announcement time. I'm going to be um, Toast. Toast made. They make uh, real wood covers for a lot of Android smartphone devices. Tonight they're celebrating their third anniversary as a business here, right here in Portland, Oregon, where we are located. And I'll be attending that uh, third anniversary party. It's tonight from 5 to 9 at their HQ over on the east side, southeast side of Portland. Um, if you want to drop by and check out the Toast headquarters, and they're going to be uh, showing off their lasers and making products, and I think they got some snacks and drinks and free swag to give away. But Did I'll you be have there. to be invited, or can like anyone just go? Just curious. Yeah, you know, pretty much, you know, it's... They invited consumers, and they invited us, of course. But I think anyone who's really interested in the future and what Toast has been doing is uh, welcome to attend. I don't think me talking about it right now is going to bring 100 people, so I think it's going to be all right. 
I but hope now know. that 150 people show up and they. Go, that would be Damn. so awesome. That hey, that would be awesome. It kind of turns into my party instead of their party. It's just you hanging out at Toast HQ. <laughs> that would be great. With a bunch of people. Yeah. So if anyone's going to Toast tonight, I'll be there. Come find me, and we can talk about um, non-Android related things. We can talk about the Super Bowl. Stuff Dam- like that. Damian Lillard snubbed for the All Star yeah. game. Yeah, that's real, real sad. So. That's sad. Oh, Super Bowl. Speaking of that, predictions. Eh. Eh, so I've got a, a small. Boom, your boys. Yeah, I got a, a, fr- a friendly little bet going on with someone. So I have the Pats to win, just straight up, no spreads or anything like that. Um, just a five dollar Starbucks gift card bet going. I'm a, I'm a Seahawks hater. Like yeah, right, that's why I'm saying it's not surprising that you would pick the Pats straight yeah, up. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm from San Francisco, so of course I love the Niners, which means I hate the Seahawks. Um, I and it's not it has nothing to do with like the team or anything. It's just like ugh, you're kind of like raised to not like them, and especially <laughs> right. with like Marshawn Lynch now doing his thing and Richard Sherman always doing his thing, and I'm sure Russell Wilson's a cool guy, but he's not. Yeah, he just none of these guys come off as cool guys, at least to me. So, but that's just because where I'm from. I'm sure if I was from Seattle, I would think that I love their personalities. Oh, Marshawn Lynch, I'm just here so I don't get fined. Everything's so funny and great. <laughs> but I see it as just douchey. I hate it, <laughs> and so I hope the past destroy them. But um, yeah, go Hawks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I'm leaning towards the Seahawks just because. I don't know. Hey, Tom well, Brady is not any better, dude. Like, I don't like. I don't. I don't want to root for an East Coast team, but I just. I, I don't want to root for either team. Yeah. I'll go just for the food or something. Sure. I don't even care about the commercials because, like, they're starring Kim Kardashian and things like that. I, Katy Perry. Halftime show. I can't stand Katy Perry. I think she's one of the worst artists ever. Ron. Ron's in love. He's gonna love this. Well, she's an attractive woman. I'm not saying she's not. I'm saying she's a terrible artist. Yeah. I don't know. So, yeah, I'll go. So, Katy Perry will win. <laughs> Katy Perry uh, will win. That's my prediction. <laughs> I just, and I don't even care about the game because there's so much stupid controversy about deflated footballs and crap. Like, I just, I haven't even followed it. I, like, I stopped listening to sports radio this week and last week because I was so sick of hearing about controversy and I just don't care anymore. Yeah, it's kind of a bummer. About all that deflate gate and all that. I hate, yeah, I hate just, that gate has to be thrown on top of everything. Like gamer gate, deflate gate. Oh, it's so stupid. I, yeah. I made some joke to to my wife about that and said, like, they're going to call it deflate gate. Just wait. And sure enough, I think somebody had already called it that. So I couldn't even get ahead of the, like, stupid thing. Like, uh, people were already calling it before I could even make the joke. I think Deadspin, like, refuses to. They're calling it Balgazi. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, I thought that one was kind of funny. No. Yeah, so should we get Super Bowl? Woo! Super Bowl commercials. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, Super Bowl, 49ers aren't in it, so I don't really care. They probably won't be in it for the next 10 years. No, they're so for I'm just used time. to I'm used to liking the losing team right now. We had some good times with Jim and Cap, yeah. but he can get lost. I don't care about him anymore. <laughs> I used to love him. I was the hugest Cap fan. You now love I Kaepernick. Just, now I just hope he voids his contract or something, like gets a DUI, just something like to get him suspended. <laughs> Anything that'll shake yeah. him up. He can start hanging out with Alden Smith a little bit. He won't be on the team long. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> God. All right. Well, we should get out of here. Uh, you have a toast party to go to. Yep. 
Ah, cool. Uh, thanks for joining us, everybody. Uh, we're going to keep trying to do this on Friday afternoon, so we'll try to give you a little uh, longer warning next time. Although today we were a couple hours early, but You're we're right. trying to tell you in advance. We'll try to make sure we get this scheduled so you guys know, and you can join us live if you want to. If you don't join us live, obviously you can subscribe to us and all that good stuff. Uh, yeah, you, you know where to find us. So uh, thanks for joining us. Have a safe weekend. Be safe your Super Bowl parties, designated drivers, all that good stuff. Uh, go Katy Perry. Uh, we'll, we'll catch you guys next week. Droid Life. Peace. Peace, everybody. <laughs>